give it up for Frank. Thank you so much, Frank. So we are proceeding from where we left off. But once again, welcome Pam. Pam actually is a pastor from uh, Ocean's Church and a missionary um, serving in Burundi. <laughs> so if you are ever in Burundi, you have a friend. Just like if you are ever, <laughs> where else? In, in Uganda. <laughs> Look for Frank if he's there. <laughs> but we bless the Lord. So we have been traveling through um, the book of Romans. And last, last week but one, um, Sam talked us through um, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. So, because he has unfinished, that jeans is still unfinished. He will continue on it next, in the next um, week or so. But for me, I'll, I want to pick up from um, chapter 14 this morning. And so far, we have delved into the, the fact that we have covered the principles of salvation. We've dealt with doctrine all the way from chapter 1 all through to chapter 8. And then we also walked through 9 to 11. Those uh, scriptures that were very specific in nature in terms of how Paul was addressing the Jews, the Gentiles, and how God has been dealing with the Jews both in the present, in the past, in the past, in the present, and in the future. And we also layered in the fact that from verse, from chapter 12, Paul is now talking through the practicals. Look at your neighbor and tell them practicals. So he is dealing primarily with how practical in salvation our works ought to be. And what are our duties? After saying all these uh, different elements of dealing with doctrine, what now is expected of us? And Sam took us through that whole aspect of be transformed by the renewal of our minds as a first step. And so from uh, 14 from verse 1, I'm going to read from the Passion Translation. Uh, and it says this. And the title on it in uh, TPT is Unity in the Midst of Diversity. Offer an open hand of fellowship to welcome every true believer, even though their faith may be weak and immature, and refuse to engage in debates with them concerning nothing more than opinions. For example, one believer has no problem with eating all kinds of food, but another with weaker faith will eat only vegetables. Will all the vegetarians say amen? <laughs> there, are very, there are very few, but uh, all, all kinds of meat. So this, it's clearly there's a clear categorization that is happening here. Let's proceed. 
the one who eats freely shouldn't judge and look down on the one who eats only vegetables. I think I need to add here amunga. Because <laughs> amunga, amunga, if you if you if if amunga comes and you take him for anything vegetarian, he will complain about it the whole day. <laughs> exactly. Thank you, Hima. <laughs> You have weak faith? <laughs> okay, let's continue. <laughs> and the vegetarian must not judge and look down on the one who eats everything. <laughs> Remember, God has welcomed him and taken him as his partner. Who do you think you are to sit in judgment of someone else's household servant? His own master is the one to evaluate whether he succeeds or fails. And God's servants will succeed for God's power supports them and enables them to stand. In the same way, one person regards a certain day as more sacred than another. And another person regards them all alike. There is nothing wrong with having different personal convictions about such matters. For the person who observes one day as especially sacred does it to honor the Lord. And the same is true regarding the, what a person eats. And the one who eats everything eats to honor the Lord because he gives thanks to God. And the one who has a special diet does it to honor the Lord and he also gives thanks to God. Let's pause there. So, um, we've looked at, remember, if we can keep this in mind, we started off by talking about the purpose for why Paul was writing this letter. And we said, key among us, the purposes that he had was that one, he had a purpose to, a, a pastoral purpose to fix the problems that was evident in this church, in this Roman church. And, you know, the history of it was that at some point, the Jews who were, who were in charge of this church were chased away, and they left the church to the Gentiles. Then after some period of time, the Gentiles had already filled every leadership position. They were moving on. The Jews now came back. And now there was a clash. So this, from us. 14, you can see primarily is Paul trying to address some of the differences that are currently bedeviling the church. And so he sets off by starting to emphasize this point that we must be able to accept those who are weak in the faith. But not for the sake of carrying on or of debating them based on our own opinions that is not having any scriptural basis. And in fact, he's saying that spiritual, mature, spiritual maturity is not a requirement for fellowship. Hello? That fellowship entails that we always have to open our hands and our doors open for more people to come in 
whether or not they are spiritually mature or not. Because fellowship, there is no, it, it's not a requirement for me to fellowship with Frank that Frank has to be at a certain level of spiritual maturity. So he's saying, accept those who are weak in their faith, in other translations. He's saying, always make room because at the end of the day, you have to make room because this person, as you continue on, if he has been accepted by the Lord, who are you to cast judgment and say they should not be here? So he is saying that, again, part of what we've been talking about, that we are not in an exclusive membership club. We are not an exclusive membership. You know, a while back, there was a time I wanted to go to um, Karen Country Club. My dreams are valid. I dream big. I mean... Oh, no, let me, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me say the other one. Not this one. There was a time I was flying with my friend. So, for some reason, we were delayed for two hours. It was a Sunday, by the way. Two hours. We are still waiting for the flight. So, we waited and waited and waited. Then, one of the things they did, for you to pacify people, give them food. So, they said... Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the flight is having some technical issues, but in the meantime, we will serve some food even as we wait for things to be rectified. So we were like, yes, thank you, Jesus, at least, because it was an early morning flight. So we waited, and then they served food, and after an hour, still, the issue has not been rectified. So, um, and I remember, sometimes, you know, etiquette is very interesting. Etiquette is very key for believers and unbelievers. I remember my neighbor in front started complaining about the drink and said, this is too small of a drink and you've kept us here for three hours. Add us more. So they said, now the, the, the problem has not been rectified. We need to actually come off the plane and we will be given another plane altogether to be able to use. So People had eaten an hour ago. One of my neighbors, still the same, raised their hand and said, that food was too little. We need more food if we're going to stay <laughs> lunch now. We need lunch if we're going to stay here one more hour. So as we were coming off, my friend said, ah, come, come, let me show you where to go. So curiously, I just followed my friend. So my friend is a frequent flyer. And has accumulated so many points that he has that card for, um, what, what's it called? The lounge, the sky lounge. So I followed, I followed my friend at the entrance to the sky lounge. They're like, he, he is with me. So don't ask him any questions. And the person started smiling and said, come in. Once I got to the sky, sky lounge, I looked and said, all animals indeed are not equal. The book, Shambhala Wanyama, George, some, some, someone. Uh, the, the, uh, yeah, the animal farm. Because I saw there was buffet breakfast and lunch. I saw there was hot shower. There was a bed if you wanted to sleep. 
there was even um, internet and you, you didn't have to, 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 to struggle. Power connections were everywhere and I was like, I have arrived. I was like, Lord, why did I not know that this existed? But you know, at the end of the day, if you do not have that card, you can't enter. You can only come and you'll be chased away. But how frequent do we make as well Christianity to be the same? That if you do not have this membership, you can't come in. That if you are not, if you are weak in faith, then you do not qualify to have a chat with me. How often do we disqualify people who God has already qualified? So he continues to saying, oh, before I even continue to say that, you know, I've realized. Let me tell you. People that come to church, there is no finished product. There is no one who is a finished product. Including myself, I am not a finished product. And so, when we have a lens whereby we expect a finished product from your neighbor, we rarely look at ourselves to evaluate if we are finished products ourselves. So, Tim Keller says that all other communities or all other associations that exist require people to always come in wearing a mask for them to be accepted. But that the community of Jesus is one that is beautiful, beautiful, sorry, beautifully unified in indifference and it is beautifully unified in acceptance. So we have to be able, one, to know that because we have Bob in this service in this church, Bob will not necessarily see another Bob in this service in this church. But that that indifference, that struggling and working out our salvation, that's what makes this community to be beautiful. I want you to look around. Look around. Just look around. Do you feel like you are different from everyone else in this? Do you feel like you are out of place? Well, no is a good answer, but yes is also a good answer. Because if you feel, if you feel like you are different from everyone else, we need you to be able to be there to create that indifference. And if you're here and you feel like everybody else, this is a shout out to you. We need to continue bringing everyone else who is not like us. Because that creates that indifference. And it's beautiful because we are unified, not because of our opinions, but we are unified by Jesus Christ who is able to outlast 
every opinion that can be a cause of separation. Are you tracking with me this morning? So Paul starts by addressing some of the indifference. And he starts by saying, those who are divided <laughs> on those who eat meat versus those who are eating vegetables. Which was a source. And you know, in Jewish traditions, for the Jews, they could not just eat any type of meat. It had to be prepared in a certain way. Is it uh, kosher, not halal? Beautiful indifference. That the meat was meat that did not have, it needed not to have blood. In, in Pastor Pam here in Kenya, there are people who eat mutura. At they are called? Bo? Eh? <laughs> it's not called. There is no English word called mutura. <laughs> so, some, someone wants to spiritualize it and call it mutura. African sausage. <laughs> and also, one of the reasons why they could not partake of the meat was again of any meat that had been offered to idols. So it was a contention. Because there were those who, who felt that they cannot dare eat that type of a meat. And they would look to those who would eat that type of a meat with judgment. How would you eat such a meat? And then there were those who ate that type of a meat who were like, it's okay. There's nothing wrong. So, and Paul <laughs> viewed the weak brother as the one who was strict in terms of saying, passing judgment on those who are eating that same meat. And it is very easy to slip between two extremes. Either a legalistic type of an extreme or a liberal type of an extreme. So legalistic is all about possessing the truth without grace and expecting everybody else to have and to follow that type of standard. While liberalism is also bad, because it's all about grace without any form of truth. So this morning, where do you weigh on that pendulum? Hello? Look at your neighbor and ask them, where do you weigh on that pendulum? And wait for an answer, please. Where, where does your neighbor lie? Where 
Yes? Yes? Sharon, where does Amunga lie? <laughs> well, it was a trick question because people have advocated for a middle ground. But still, the actual place where we need to lie is, again, back to Romans chapter 8, when we talked about being led of the Holy Spirit. That as we are led of the Holy Spirit, we are able to embrace God's truth, while at the same time being reminded of how God has paid the price for us, that we can be able to have a healthy mix of grace and truth. Hello? Let's proceed. So in effect, what Paul is trying to do is this. Paul is trying to ask the believers to be able to rise above the differences. To rise above every form of opinion that has been um, catalyzed and looks like a truth. Let me give you another example. I do not like dentists. I do not like dentists for a very specific reason. I was, I was traumatized when I was growing up. And you know, people need to really thank God for the grace of today. My first tooth removal, I was almost fighting with that dentist. Because there was no anesthesia. Yes. But then, 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 I said after a while, you know, my wife convinced me that you need to go and do um, dental checkups and all these different things. I, I agree as a good husband. You know, as a good husband. As a good husband, husbands hear me when your wife makes a suggestion, please, you have no choice. Agree early enough. It saves you time. It's not a suggestion. It's only something that is clothed in suggestion, but it's not. It's a trap. It's a trap. <laughs> so refuse at your own peril. Hey, I have said. Because you know, even submission is not just the wife to the husband. Also the husband to the wife. Submit to one another. So Victor, as you are boy, okay, let me not go there. So, we submit one to another. So when I went, you know, and I had not said, I, I, I was feeling like my tooth was, was, was also growing a bit. But then, as they do the cleaning, I'm like, why are you removing my teeth? And it's not actually teeth that was removing, but how, it's not a good picture to have, but anyway, how sometimes food comes and forms almost like teeth. They are plaque. 
and it's almost hard to differentiate between the plaque, the plaque, and the tooth. And oftentimes, we are so ingrained in our opinions that it is even hard to differentiate, to differentiate between our own opinions and God's word. And funny enough, as the plaque is removed, you start to bleed. And you can think your, teeth is, your tooth is coming out when it's actually the plaque. What opinions have condensed, so ingrained in us, that we actually believe that it's a truth but has no biblical foundation? Because if we keep addressing each other on our, with our plagues, then we start losing each other in the process of growth. Because we always want to have people, ha um, people to have to a standard that's not in the Bible. Hopefully next week we'll talk about the immoral, amoral, and moral areas. But I also believe in our journey is that we need to, okay, we still have time. We need to have soft hearts and thick skins. Look at your neighbor and tell them soft hearts and thick skins. And someone posed this question and asked, how do we love, how do we love in a world where people hurt each other daily? And we are seated here, and all of us can attest that we have experienced betrayal, we have experienced abandonment of some sort, and loss. And we have also caused pain for other people. Hello? And that because we live in a broken world, sometimes it is very easy for that brokenness to affect us to a point whereby instead of having soft hearts, we actually have thick hearts and soft skin. What do I mean? I mean this. I mean this, that we are so sensitive, too sensitive for a fact, that even in the context of community, Amunga, <laughs> sorry, just come, instead of, come. Uh, to, you know, today Amunga is, 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 <laughs> is accessible. Uh, come and stand here, stand here. So, sometimes we can be so sensitive that so we are in the same community. I step on him a bit. I want you to shout. I wonder if I told him to shout hallelujah, how that would have come out. But we are so sensitive to a point whereby if I just step on you a bit, shout. <laughs> you can have a seat. <laughs> that if I just step on you a bit, and it may be an unintentional mistake, but because we have soft skins and thick hearts, 
that will cause an alarm bells to start singing and um, ringing all across. And we are so guarded. Festus, help me with that pillow. We are so guarded. And this may be the only way of trying to <laughs> demonstrate a, 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 what is it? Uh, a, a shield. We are so guarded with one another, including even being in our communities, that we always approach each other with our shields high. Will he step on my feet? Will she step on my feet? What, what did she mean? What did he mean by saying this? But you know, every time we approach each other with shields, there is no there is no honesty. There is no openness. We will continuously treat each other with a, with a pole, one meter apart. And we never allow people in. And it can be because of different traumas, different experiences. But the church of Jesus Christ, the church of Christ, must be able to rise above. That's why I'm saying that we need to do a reversal and have soft hearts and thick skins. What does um, a, a thick skin look like? It means choosing not to be surprised, jaded or offended when and not if we get hurt. When and not because let me tell you, if you're here, this is your very first month, you will be offended. We look nice, but we, we will definitely do something that will rub you the wrong way. We, it's, it's, it's natural. And the same thing with you, you will do something because we have different upbringing that someone else will look like, look at and say, this one. Fake. So what does a thick skin look like? Proverbs 19, 11. Just look it up. I'll, I'll read what it says. Um, it says, an, under, an understanding person demonstrates patience. For mercy means holding your tongue. When you are insulted, be quick to forgive and forget it. For you are virtuous when you look, overlook an offense. Soft heart. Soft heart means no longer walking in anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk. And this is in Colossians chapter 3 verse from verse 7. You can read all the way to verse 10. <clears throat> so, division number 2 was how some regarded one day as <coughs> being holy or holier <laughs> than another. And Paul emphasizes the fact that, you know, at the end of the day, it's up to the conscience of the individual that as long as they are doing it unto the Lord and not using their conscience 
as an excuse for sinful behavior. Then verse 7, um, of the same, go back to verse 7, then. Um, no one lives to himself, and no one dies to himself. While we live, we must live for our master, and in death, we must bring honor to him. So dead or alive, we belong to our master. For this very reason, the anointed one died and was brought back to life again, so that he would become the Lord, he would become the Lord God over both the dead and the living. And the emphasis is that it's not just we need one another. Hello? Turn to your neighbor and tell them tell tell your neighbor we need each other. You know, being in spiritual circles for some bit, I've realized as a defense mechanism, people get to a point and say, all I need is Jesus and Jesus alone. And the focus becomes only on the vertical relationship. And they invest heavily on this vertical relationship. But God our Father is interested in us having an impact with the people that he brings in our world. And so for this reason, it's not just about looking up, but as we look up, funny enough, as we look up, God gives us a message for us to be able to look at the people around us. And that's why it's very important as we cultivate this relationship, we also cultivate this relationship. We invest in people. Hello? Who are you investing in? Everybody is able to make an investment into someone else. Every single person. Hello? Every single person. Verse 10. Why would you judge your brothers or sisters because of their diet? despising them for what they eat or don't eat, for we each will have our turn to stand before God's judgment seat, just as it is written, as surely as I am the living God, I tell you, every knee will bow before me, and every tongue will confess the truth and glorify me. Then it continues verse 13 and says, so stop being critical and condemning of other believers, but instead determined to never deliberately cause a brother or a sister to stumble and fall because of your actions. I think the rest we can, we can, we can, we can read up. But I wanted to finish off with these five minutes that I have to talk through what should be our response. What should be our response in all this? And point number one, which I've, I've said, let's not form theological standpoints based on opinions. That is very important. Point number two, as a response, let us lean into our unifying factor, Jesus Christ. He outlasts 
differences of opinions. He outweighs every opinion difference, differences that can be there. Because as long as it's not a difference of opinion regarding rebellion or sin, then the other matters, we can be able to look at Jesus and embrace that indifference. Let me pause and ask, you know, Paul identified in, in their time three areas. Um, he identified um, the eating of those who are eating meat versus those who are eating vegetables. He also identified those who value one day um, as being more holy than the other days. What are the differences of opinions in our day, if I may ask? Come again? Um... LGBTQ. No, that one has been addressed, but it's in how it is fully addressed in the context of church. Mm -hmm. Any other issue? Opinion, different issues? Dressing? Yes? Tongues? Mm hmm Yes, Hima? What else? Quiet time. It's true. Prayer watches. <laughs> Pentecostal churches and the uh, different Nature, alcohol, man of God syndrome, music. So, you know, and for, because we have hindsight of looking at them and asking, why would food be an issue to cause division? They would also look at us and ask, why would music, why would tongues also be an issue that divides upper church? But we have a unique time to be able to dive in and ask ourselves questions in terms of why are these things divisive in our church today? Three, we need to be mindful of each other knowing that we are all at different places. Four, that let's develop soft hearts and thick skins. So even as we stand, let's stand up on our feet. How, how to develop soft hearts and thick skins. One looks like us being able to look to Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. The author, the finisher of our faith. How this looks like is Psalms 139, verse 23 to 24. One of my 
favorite passages in scripture where David is saying, God, I invite your searching gaze into my heart. Examine me through and through. Find out everything that may be hidden within me. Put to the test and sift through all my anxious cares. See if there is a path of pain I'm, walk I'm walking on. And lead me back to your glorious, everlasting way. The path that brings me back to you. That we have times to do introspection within ourselves. To really ask ourselves, am I acting? Am I reacting because of past pain? Am I shielded because of I do not trust people to be able to accept me the way I am? And am I putting on a mask because I'm afraid that people won't accept who I am? So with every eye closed, and to just search your heart this morning, your heart and just ask God for wisdom and strength. That would be able to deal with any form of insecurity. That would be able to deal any with any form of fear of rejection, fear of failure. That we will rise up as God's church that is constantly inviting constantly on the lookout who needs to be brought into the fold constantly looking up to him constantly putting our fears our anxiety before him Noting, not letting these fears dictate how we behave so father in the name of Jesus we thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Lord, I pray that this word will sit in people's hearts. That you will give us courage to embrace unity, to walk in love, and to walk with you, Lord. give us a courage, Lord, even to deal with anything in the past that one way or another keeps, Lord, keeps showing up in awkward times, awkward moments. That, Lord, as you look at us as your church, as your people, that, Lord, you would Enable us to be the best version of ourselves we could ever be as we walk with you. We thank you, Lord, and we bless you. Lord, we even pray for anyone in this room in need of a fresh touch that in the name of Jesus may they experience a touch from heaven 
in the name of Jesus Christ. Anyone in need and has been discouraged this past week and even making it to this service was a nightmare for them. We are speaking, Lord, a fresh wind of the breath of God to blow energy and strength into them right now in the name of Jesus. So Lord, to you be all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. For there is none like you. We thank you and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much. If at the end you need prayers, please stay behind and we'll be able to pray with you even as some takes over from